I want to welcome you to worship. I want to welcome you to our live stream as well. Uh, my name is Jason. I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm so excited about what God is doing in our midst uh, in this very moment on this very day uh, that we have uh, returned to in-person worship, uh, and I could see your magnificent faces. For those of you that are at home, uh, we love you. We continue to pray for you, and we look forward to the day when we could all gather back together in person for worship. We're going to dig into God's Word together in Joshua uh, chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. If you have your Bibles with you, I invite you to turn with me there as we dig into God's Word. The words will also be on the screen so we could hear the Word of the Lord uh, proclaimed this morning. Joshua chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. Hear the Word of the Lord. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. So Joshua called together the twelve men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up the stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. So the Israelites did as Joshua commanded them. They took the 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites as the Lord had told Joshua and they carried them over with them to their camp where they put them down. Joshua set up the 12 that had been in the middle of the Jordan at the spot where the priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant had stood and they are there to this day. Now the priest who carried the Ark remained standing in the middle of the Jordan until everything the Lord had commanded Joshua was done by the people, just as Moses had directed Joshua. And the people hurried over, and as soon as all of them had crossed, the ark of the Lord and the priest came to the other side while the people watched. This is God's word offered to us in its reading and in its hearing, so we give thanks to the Lord God Almighty. Uh, would you bow with me for a word of prayer? Gracious God, we come before you in praise and thanksgiving for, uh, for the wisdom of your word, uh, for the gift that it is that we could uh, join together in studying it. Lord, I ask that you would open our eyes that we would see, our ears that we would hear. Open our minds that we come to know and understand your word, our hearts that we would feel its power. Then by your grace, I ask, oh God, that you would open our hands so that we would then, as conduits of your son Jesus Christ, offer grace to the world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Ten weeks. It has been ten Sundays uh, since we have had the opportunity to gather together in person for worship. I, I tell you, whenever we left on March the 8th uh, for our ski trip, uh, with the youth, and we uh, went on to Colorado, we had no clue what was coming. 
And we're skiing the mountains and having a magnificent time. And Wednesday night, uh, the college students that are there with us on that trip got news that college classes were canceled and the kids were going to have to go back home with their parents for the rest of the semester. Do you know the weeping, the mourning, the gnashing of teeth that was experienced by the college students there? I thought that it was the end of the world. Forget COVID-19 pandemic. Think college students at home with their parents. That was the big deal. We could not have imagined what the next 10 weeks would be. On Friday, we determined that we wouldn't worship in person on the 15th that we would go online uh, and be present as we are even in this space. And, and you could see, brothers and sisters here gathered in this room, there's a camera right here, uh, just a few feet from my face. And so now you can imagine, if no one is here, the last 10 weeks, it's been me and you right here because I love you so much, just talking directly to this camera as though... The soul was able uh, to be massaged by the word of the Lord. And, and it was. God's grace has been at work in magnificent ways over these last 10 weeks. And so we pause and we think, what does May 24th, 2020 mean? Days seem to have significance for us. We carry them uh, as, as a constant reminder. I could remember the day of the first date Lauren and I ever went on. Not just our anniversary, but the first date, January 17th. A precious day to me when Lauren and my relationship began. I also can think of January 8th, 2012, the first day that Covenant worshipped uh, launched public worship as a new church start here in the community. We were, we were at the, the old YMCA, now the Rob Fleming Center uh, here in Creekside. Uh, the big cavernous room, beautiful windows, wood ceilings, glorious day. I remember it like it was yesterday. It was so exciting to meet some of you for the very first time uh, and to be able to join together for worship as a church in the community. A vision realized. I remember last year, uh, April the 21st, 2019, the day that we opened this facility as a permanent space of worship for, of God in this community. Uh, it was, it was uh, touch and go for so long we weren't sure if the fire marshal was going to give us clearance to meet. Uh, on Tuesday, before the 21st, we got our, our CO, our Certificate of Occupancy, and I remember rejoicing. And uh, our whole staff uh, was just taking a deep breath and then realized, oh, it actually happened. We have to run towards, uh, towards Easter Sunday. Days have significance. We can look back on them. And whenever we remember a day, uh, we remember it with thanksgiving. Even days of memorial, days when we remember loss or mourning, when that day comes, we don't just remember the pain of the loss, we remember the joy of the relationship and the treasure that it is to celebrate one's memory and one's continued presence in our life yet still. So what will May 24th, 2020 be for us? 
Is it a day of memorial? Can it be a day of remembrance? Can it be a day dedicated to the Lord that we will always remember? It will be a day I will always remember. I have never been 10 weeks without the body of Christ gathered physically and incarnationally in worship. And so as we gather back together, it's good to be physically present with you. And brothers and sisters, I can't wait for you who are at home to be able to come and be with us as well. And so what is this, this memorial, this, this moment of pause to give thanks look like biblically? Uh, so, so we need to orient ourselves because th- this is the second of the the times in which the people of Israel cross a body of water and enter into a new land. We remember the people of Israel were enslaved in Egypt for generations, and then Moses came and and spoke a word on behalf of the Lord, and the, 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 the plagues came, and eventually Pharaoh relented, and they were released from their slavery. They left, were followed, crossed the Red Sea, and you, you, you have the image of the waters parting and them walking through with walls of water on either side, and they enter into a new life, but it is yet a life of wilderness. So they journey there for 40 years, uh, an experience of reorientation, uh, the people of God orienting their hearts and lives towards God, and God working to do that for the people as well, so that relationship can be whole and they can be prepared for God's promise. And then we have the moment where Moses passes away at the end of Deuteronomy, and there is this national mourning that sets in because the loss of a leader has pain and leads to some level of confusion of what will the future look like. So a new leader, Joshua, is installed. And whenever you have a new leader, can you imagine if your first task as a new leader of a people is to lead them through the Jordan River? God says the time has come. And you're like, hold on, hold on, can, can I just like, like get my feet underneath me? Can I just settle into my role a little bit? Can I find some comfort in, in, in what I do as a leader? You know, Moses has, has, has brought me along, but this is like, this is the real deal. And, and God says, nope, we're going to come down uh, from, from uh, the, the top of, 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 uh, uh, of, of the Jordan River Valley, and we're going to come down and we're going to camp lower to where all of the people of God can see the Jordan River Valley spread out before them. And, and here's the, the interesting thing. It comes to us uh, in chapter 3, verse 15, that the people of God, they come down where the, the Jordan River is in view, and it says, it says this about the Jordan River. The Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest, yet... As soon as the priest who carried the ark reached the Jordan, their feet touched the water's edge. So, so do, do you see what happened there? The people of God come under new leadership after they've been through all of this. And the first thing God does is put the, the threat, the reality, the truth of the Jordan River before them. Not at its normal width and depth, but now at flood stage where it is expansive in its width 
and at least twice its depth. So the entire valley is filled with water, and the people of God, now under Joshua's leadership, look out and think about how impossible it is to cross. They could, they could see the other side, they could see the promise on the other side, and yet they know there is this great uh, traverse that has to take place. So God calls to, uh, calls to Joshua and says, here's what it's going to look like. Uh, I, I want you to get the priest to have the Ark of the Covenant. They're going to put the Ark on their shoulders. They're going to walk down from uh, the viewpoint, and they're going to put their feet in the water. And, and, and when the, their feet touch the water, then it will become dry. I want you to hear that. They didn't uh, sit back where the water was in view and see how the water was piled up and backed up so then they would go. No, God called the priest to walk in faith and to put their feet in the water where it was wet and then God performed the miracle of the water being pushed back upstream. What a glorious image that is. And this isn't a parting of the waters like the Red Sea. This is a piling up of the waters. Uh, in, in verse 16 of chapter 3, it, it describes it like this. After they t- their, the, the priest's feet touched the water, the water from upstream stopped flowing. In fact, it piled up in a great heap. A great distance away in a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarethan. And the water was flowing. So this water goes from the the Sea of Galilee down to the Dead Sea. And it's a river that flows and traverses through that region with the Jordan River Valley in its expanse. And the next town upstream from Jericho is Adam. Some few miles north. And so the water piles up out of sight and no longer flows but it doesn't stop there it, y'all might have seen so whenever I was in high school uh, I lived in Quell Valley uh, and the Quell Valley Country Club golf course was just a couple of blocks away from my house and one season they decided to drain all of the lakes on the golf course I don't know why, I don't know what they were doing, but we as entrepreneurial young children in the community decided we were going to make some money. And so we went into all of the lakes that they had drained and squished our feet in the lake bottom, finding golf balls, tossing them out, washing them off, and then we went and sold them. That is the life of a spoiled entrepreneur in Quell Valley. So, so I want you to think about it. Water is no longer in the river. What do you expect the river bottom to be like? Muddy. All of the silt washing down from the Sea of Galilee, that, that's one of the reasons why the Dead Sea has the quality, qualities it does. And so you're going to think it's murky, it's muddy, but that's not the case at all. Not only when their feet touch the water, when it's wet, does the water then pile up, heap up, upstream. Now, as they walk, they walk on dry land. In verse 17, I want you to hear how this word is used twice to give us a clear 
a vision and view of what takes place. The priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped now in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground while all of Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on what? Dry ground. It wasn't as though the, 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 the priest, they walked and their ground was dry. And where the ark was, the ark was dry. All of the people crossed on dry ground. It wasn't as though the banks dried up because it was a sunny day. The bottom was dry. The whole people crossed on dry ground. What a miracle. How magnificent is it? And so we would assume, brothers and sisters, that, that, that this moment would take place and everybody would cross and then there would be praise and thanksgiving and celebration. But here's this kind of this turning point event that, that, that causes us to pause and makes us wonder what is today supposed to look like in light of what that day was for the people of God. You, you see, they get to the other side and rather than the priest coming up out of the, the river bottom as well, they are instructed to stay. Now, if I was one of the priests carrying the ark, I might have asked, hey, I was first in. Why am I not already out? <laughs> the, the, the whole nation has crossed through and I am still here. But they are told to wait. And here's what happens. The Lord says, I need 12 men, one from each tribe, to come down to the bottom. And they're going to get a stone of remembrance, a stone of memorial for all of the tribes to be represented. And it's going to be held up forever as a reminder of what I, the Lord God Almighty, am doing. So that's the instruction, right? And so I want us to, to hear what that looks like. They are in the middle of the journey. They're in the middle in, in, in multiple ways. They're in the middle of their mourning of Moses. They're in the middle of their journey from the wilderness to the promised land. But when they get to the other side of the promised land, uh, uh, into the promised land, it's not over. There are still many battles to be won, many, much work to be done. And so, uh, in fact, they have to fight the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Pezzarites, the Gerasites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites, all from verse 10 of chapter 3. And uh, the, the articulation of that might or might not have been accurate. So they're in the middle of it. And so then I think God has a word for us. Memorial in the middle. They're instructed to go get stones from where? The middle. They could have gotten stones from the bank of the promise. They could have gotten stones from the bank of the wilderness. They were instructed to go down to the bottom in the middle and get stones. In the middle of the moment where the waters are still a threat upstream, go there. In the middle of the moment where your priest and the Ark of the Covenant are still under threat, go there. In the middle of this journey where you know it is not over and God still has work to do, where Jericho is there with its walls strung high on the other side and there is a battle yet to be fought, in the middle, now go. And God says, in the middle of this that we're going through, go and gather stones and remember, memorialize what is taking place. And so they go down to the middle. 
and they get stones. I want you to hear this. They don't just get any stones. They don't just get, get little pebbles. It's not skipping rocks. They're not saying, where's a nice flat one that's really cute that I'll be able to fling across the water and maybe I could get up to 10. What's your record? 10? Anyone? Over 10? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure some of y'all are professional stone skippers. But here's the deal. Don't get that one. You're going to get one that you got to put on your shoulder. You hear that? All 12 representative men from the people, the nation of Israel. They get a stone, put it on their shoulders, and walk it out of the middle. Why? The word is clear for us. It begins in verse 6 of chapter 4 and then continues on in verse 7. These stones are to serve as a sign among you. And then it says, hear this, your children are going to ask, what do they mean? Your children. This is, this, is, this is to be told through generations. This is to be a, a season, a moment to look back on and share stories about, to bear witness to, to not forget. Your children are going to ask you, what does this mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant. And when it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones, clearly, these stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. A memorial from the middle forever. So what is May 24th, 2020 to be for us? It is Memorial Day weekend. And we remember all of those who gave the ultimate sacrifice, who gave their lives for our nation and for us individually, with us in mind, so that we would have freedom and liberty today to do what we're doing right now, to worship the Lord God Almighty. What a gift it is to remember all of those who gave their lives from the Revolutionary War all the way through enduring freedom and every war and battle in between all those who have given their lives. And we remember them knowing that we're still in the middle that that future day that we hope for as Christians, that day of eternal peace that, that is not only in heaven but is also on the earth has not yet come. And so while we are yet in the middle, we remember it is Memorial Day. But it's more than that. May 24th, 2020, I will always remember as the day when in the middle of the trial... The people of God gathered to worship, not for their own benefit, not because it was comfortable, not because it was normal, not, not because of any need we had on our own, but because we as the people of God online and in person came together and said, in the middle of this trial, we can do nothing but acknowledge the Lord, to give him thanks for his provision, to praise his name not just for today but for forevermore so that when children and grandchildren, generations to come will ask what this season was like, we can point back to May 24th and say in the middle of it we gathered and we said he is worthy 
of our praise. This is the middle of it for so many of you. For so many of us. We think about all of those who are ill, just thinking of, of, of Texas, and, and we know that 22,000 plus are actively fighting COVID-19 in the state of Texas. And we also remember that 32,000 plus have recovered from COVID-19 in the state of Texas. And so we, we look at that and we know there has been much progress gained and many have been healed and we know that many are still yet fighting. So from here, from this perspective, in the middle, we pause. Memorial in the middle forever. 36 million are without jobs in our country. Many of, of you, brothers and sisters, have experienced furloughs or unemployment, are going through trials in, in your industry, especially all of those who are in oil and gas. And I think about what it is for us as the people of God in the middle of this economic trial to pause and to say, God has seen me through thus far and he's going to see me home. Give God thanks and praise today. In the middle. Some of us might be able to relate to this journey of the people of Israel from slavery through crossing uh, through the Red Sea, through the wilderness, to, a, to, to crossing through the Jordan into the promise. And you might find yourself at a different point in that journey. Some of you might still feel the chains and the burden that is in Egypt. And some of you might be wandering yet in the wilderness you might be living in the promise. Wherever you find yourself today, know that God is worthy of praising and giving thanksgiving, giving thanksgiving to no matter where we are in that journey. You see, brothers and sisters, this moment where the people of God pulled those stones out and set them up as a memorial in the middle forever uh, was a model that then was followed many times over across the Old Testament, including in 1 Samuel, uh, where a great battle was won with the Philistines, uh, over the Philistines, and, and they took a stone and they set it up and they said, this is an Ebenezer stone. And that Ebenezer word means that, it is that, 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 that we are acknowledging that God is our help. And so today, we also acknowledge God is our help no matter what we're going through or what we're facing. The hymn writer says it like this in Come Thou Fount. Here I raise mine Ebenezer, hither by thy help I've come, and I hope by thy good pleasure safely to arrive at home. It's a song, a verse of journey. Hither I've come, but I know I've not yet arrived, but I raise an Ebenezer in the middle. So we're still in the middle. We're not all back together in this room. This morning was and is different than any day of worship that I've ever experienced before. Yet May 24th, 2020 is a day 
that I will always remember. I will tell my kids and my grandkids about. It was a day when the people of God gathered in the middle of a great trial. The coronavirus that plagued not just this nation but the world. And they said together in one voice, God be glorified because he is our help. Let that be our chorus today. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, we rejoice that, that, that you are in the midst of the middle of our lives, of, of, of our journeys, of our challenges, of our trials, of our tribulations, whatever we're going through, you are yet present with us, our help forevermore. And so we praise you, O oh God, and we pause in this space, and we come to you and we reflect on all that we have been through. And we consider all the fear, all of the illness, all of the trials, and yet we turn to you, the source of our strength, that which has supplied hope not just for today, but for tomorrow and forevermore. And so we come before you, God, and we lift this memorial to you. For you are our God. You are our hope. And you are worthy of our praise. So we praise you, O Lord, and we give you thanks. In the powerful and precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray.